Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. All right, if you got your Bibles this morning, uh, I'm going to be reading out of the book of Psalms, uh, chapter 1. Now, I'm doing a series on Nehemiah, and I really appreciate Wit. He uh, pinch hit for me last week, did a great job, and I, I really just wanted to speak to, to men today, so I just have a, a message for uh, Father's Day and for men, and I'll pick up Nehemiah uh, next week, but uh, I really I appreciate uh, Wit filling in for me last week. So, you know, Today's Father's Day, and we acknowledge all men. We're just very thankful, uh, and, and I'll just be honest with you. I mean, there's all kinds of roles that that men have, but you know, like being a dad, it's just one of the best ones. Okay, it's just it's just great. <clears throat> I love being a father. I have three daughters. Uh, if you don't know, one uh, uh, one is about to get married. So my life and my home and my checking account is all different now. Than it, than it used to be, but uh, they're, they're older. One is graduated from college. One is about to graduate. One is in college. And uh, so, I, but I really enjoyed when they were little kids. I really enjoyed just having the little, the little kids. You always think, boy, it'd be nice when they grow up. And then when they grow up, you wish you had them back small again. But, you know, I was um, <clears throat> in the car and I had a ministry call. And I had my three, they were 10 and under. They were all three in the car with me. And I had my phone hooked up to Bluetooth. And I just said, now listen, for about two or three minutes, I just need you to be quiet. Don't make a sound. I need to make this phone call. Okay? So they were good. They got it. They acknowledged. So I started, you know, like the Bluetooth on the the phone in the car. Phone call. Contacts. And then when I said that, they started to giggle and laugh <clears throat> and talk. And every time they did, it would take me further into the menu in a way, you know, that it just became more and more impossible to make the call. And I would go, hush, which would take me deeper into the menu. And they would laugh and giggle, which took me deeper into the menu, which within 90 seconds my car was speaking Spanish, okay? <laughs> and I'm just telling you, you got to go to the dealership to get that worked back out. So uh, I laugh about that now. I was not laughing at the moment. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great being a husband and a father and a, and a man. And, uh, you know, when it comes to Mother's Day, we always brag and celebrate. Uh, ladies, when it comes to the Father's Day, we give them a good swift kick in the behind, don't we, from the pulpit. Well, I'm not going to do that today. I'm, I'm thankful for the men that, that, that God has given to the church. Uh, I, I, I think it's difficult to be a man today. I, I think uh, there's a, a lot of uncertainty when it comes to the role of man and manhood today. There is a, a unique tension uh, between our nature, the way that we are made and created, and the changing expectations placed on us by society. Our nature tells us that we should be tough, rough, and rugged. 
But our culture tells us to be more tender and caring. Our nature tells us that we're to be, you know, that we're a little more quiet and introspective and reflective. But our culture tells us to be more open and vulnerable and emotional. Our, our nature, by nature, we want to work hard and provide. But also, there's this pull to be at home more and have a more nurturing role. You know, so there's this unique tension. And it all comes down to this, all right? Are men supposed to wear skinny jeans or not? And I just answer it this way. If you drop your phone and you got to have help to get it, you need to get another style of jeans. <laughs> Let me just say, I don't even approach that side of the store. I'll just say that. There are challenges for men today, especially young men. Fewer men are working today than in the past. 2015, nearly 25% of men between the ages of, of 21 and 30 had no work to speak of. And these men had not engaged in labor in the past 12 months. They're, they're, they're not working today. And in 1970, 95% of 30-year-old men earned more than their fathers. By 2014, only 44% of 30-year-olds could say the same. So men are, 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 uh, fewer men are working today. Men are having greater trouble in school, especially in science and and math, increasing numbers of boys and younger men are underperforming and they're opting out, dropping out of school when they have that opportunity. Boys earn 70% of the D's and F's handed out in primary and secondary school. I don't think that's changed from when I was in school, but, you know. But, but it presents a very challenging you know, academics, when you, when you fall behind by eighth grade, barely 20% of boys are proficient in writing. Men account for 40% of college students. This is well below the historical average. In the past five to seven years, 1.5 million students or college students, or, or excuse me, uh, college enrollment in the United States has fallen off by 1.5 million, with men constituting 71% of that. It's not that they aren't qualified, they're just not applying. Three-quarters of all suicides are men. 35,000 men a year commit suicide. They die by their own hands. And the amazing part of this is there's no sector of men that, uh, you know, is... Uh, uh, predominant in this, in this statistic. It's young, old, urban, rural, civilian, but a, but a very high concentration of military as well have found their way to ending their life. Drug overdoses among young men have climbed 250% in the past five years. And that burden of drug addiction is borne by those who've kind of never married. They're very, they're very young. They make up uh, about one-third of all the, the males. So they're, they're great structural challenges to men. There's a lot of things happening 
today, you know, a uh, uh, lot, lot, lot of challenges. What are, the, what are the boundaries today for men? What are the rules? What are the measurables? How do we determine success? What are our priorities? What's the most important thing when it comes to men? I love Psalms 101. It's written by David. Of course, he's a male, but there's, there's a declarative part of his life that I, I love in this particular passage that I want, to, I want to read. Psalms 101 in verse 1. I will sing of your love and justice. To you, O Lord, I will sing praise. I want you to see a man who's who's writing this, a man that's making this declarative statement, I will sing of your love and justice to you, O Lord. I will sing your praise. I will be careful to lead a blameless life. And when will you come to me? I will conduct the affairs of my house with a blameless heart. I will not look with approval upon anything that is vile. I hate what, I hate what faithless people do. I will have no part of it. The perverse of heart shall be far from me. I will have nothing to do with that which is evil. Whoever slanders their neighbor in secret, I will put to silence. Whoever has haughty eyes and a proud heart, I will not tolerate. My eyes will be on the faithful in the land, that they may dwell with me. And the one whose walk is blameless will minister to me. No one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. Every morning I will put to silence all the wicked in the land. I will cut off every evildoer from the city. And I want to stop there. So that here's a man who's just making some statements about, about his life and his boundaries and, and, and what's, what's going to happen in his life, what's not going to happen in his life. When it comes to manhood, there's a difference between being an adult male and a godly man. And that's our, that's our challenge. And I just want to speak to our guys today, single young men, married men. Maybe, maybe you're older. Maybe you're a single dad. Divorce doesn't matter today. There are challenges that you and I have. And there's a path and a plan that God wants and expects for you and I. I want to talk about that just a little bit. I want to look. I want to look at some of the natural attributes that men have today that we want to celebrate, okay? So a godly man, some of these attributes are masculinity with sensitivity and selflessness. Masculinity <clears throat> with sensitivity and selflessness. The, now they've taken this natural attribute of masculinity and now, now they've, they've tagged it and they call it toxic masculinity. As though if a man is a, is, a, is a masculine and strong man, somehow that it's, you know, somehow that it takes advantage of others. Toxic masculinity, they write, is an oppressive social system that imposes male dominance of, of which men have set the social expectations and family traditions all enforced by domestic strength, abuse, and violence. The American Psychological Association said 
in 2019 that traditional masculinity marked by stoicism, competitive, uh, competitiveness, dominance, and aggression is on the whole harmful. One writer said, when you talk about healthy masculinity, it's the same thing as talking about healthy cancer. And I just want to say that's part of the challenge that men have today. We are by nature masculine. We are strong. We are aggressive. But now this is painted and, and, and shifted as it's some kind of, you know, uh, uh, moral wrong you know in this in this society we believe in masculinity or being masculine with with sensitivity and selflessness all right so that means it's okay to be who you are it's okay to be strong it's 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 okay to you know to enjoy uh things that guys enjoy and and if you watch the view you're going to get a little Different viewpoint on that, right? All right? But, but it's okay because masculinity is fine as long as there is a sensitivity as well. When it comes to our homes and our families, we don't impose our will on others because of our physical strength. That would be an abuse. And I know that there are abuses of masculinity, but I want to say not to the godly man. Not to the godly man. He realizes he's strong. He realizes God made him that way. But he's always got his mind and his heart on his family as well. First Peter says to husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs of the gracious gift of life. So there's an acknowledgement here that the spouse physically is weaker. But he said, don't take advantage of that. Don't take advantage of that. You, you love them. And I, you know, I, you know, I don't think Becky could take me if we got into it. You know, I, she might could. You know, I don't know. I don't know. You know. Sometimes I'm not going to challenge her. So I just let her have her own way. You know. But being masculine, being masculine around the household, you know, our, our wives and our children should never fear us, okay? They should never fear, you know, phys physical fear, verbally or physically, you know, but because of our strength. So I say walk in your masculinity, but also in a godly way we do it with sensitivity and we do it with selflessness. There's courageous, being courageous, even confrontational, but never abusive, uh, never abusive or violent, Men, we are not weak, we are not passive, we are not intimidated, we are strong. That's the way that God created us. And we are courageous and even confrontational sometimes because we stand up for truth and we stand up for what's right. We let our voice be heard. We are not intimidated and scared of what other people's what other people may say about us. We stand for truth. We stand for righteousness. We stand against evil. He told Joshua, be strong and be courageous. All right? And we protect our family. We're, so we're, we're, we're courageous, even confrontational, but we're never abusive or violent. Okay? So there's a, there's a part of that that, that God, 
that God put in our heart that needs to be that needs to be affirmed. We take care of our families. We protect our families. We're we're courageous. Year or so ago, big noise in our house. All right, in the middle of the night, jumped up. I got my gun. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> Ran down the steps, just like you see on TV. And I just had the thought, did I even put the clip in here? Like, <laughs> I was proud. And then, the, thank God, there was nothing downstairs. So, uh, but, but we're courageous, even confrontational, if we need to. But, but we're never abusive, and we're, and we're never violent. We are leaders. We are leaders. God put that in our heart, type A, but we are also teachers and mentors. As a leader, we're not about ego, image, spotlight, or money. But as we lead, we bring other people along with us. We collaborate, we share information, and we, we share the spotlight as well. We, we lead, we're not afraid to be on the point, but we bring people along as well. We are sexual. But we're men of honor and also faithful. We are sexual, but we're men of honor and also faithful. Testosterone that, that is in our body is not a cosmic accident. It's the way that God made us. It's the way that God made us with a sexual curiosity, a sexual passion, a, a, uh, to being forward. We initiate most times sexuality with our with our with our spouse it's just the way it was made Stephen Arterburn in every man's battle said that a man is wired you know just genetically and uh for 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 sex every 72 hours it's just the way that I'm gonna leave that calendar up to you let me just I'm just quoting the book okay maybe different from household to household but I'll leave that up to you. Is it hot in here or is that just me? <clears throat> but there's no denying that's the way God made us. All right? That's the way that, that, that's the way that you know, we, that, that testosterone is part of our, our lives. So there's curiosity and passion. But also, we are men of honor as well. And we are faithful. We never grope grab or do coarse sexual jest, uh, joking in the presence of other women. We are sexual by nature, but we are also men of honor, okay? And I want to say too, no means no when a woman says it, even in the marriage bedroom. And, that, and we respect that because we are men of honor. We are faithful to our vows, we are faithful to our vows. We are faithful to our spouse because, we, because we're honorable. What we spoke to them, we live out because there's a sense of honor. Even in the midst of, 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 of being predisposed to sexuality, you know, we're not animals. We, we, we made vows and we're godly men and we allow that to, to, to set and establish our heart. I want to say to young single men today, I want you to listen to me. There's all kinds of terrible role models that you will see on TikTok and, and, and movies and music. And there's all kinds of things lived out for you. And you, you feel like that you're not a real man if you're not 
having sex and you're not going from bed to bed and partner to partner. I just want to tell you something this morning. Don't buy into that lie. You be a young man of God. You determine that you are going to save yourself. You're going to live your life by God's word and no one else is going to dictate your sexual values. Not a singer, not an actress, not an actor. You're going to live for God and you determine that you are going to wait until you find the right person and you stand in front of a church and from a preacher and say, I do. And then you give yourself wholly and physically to that young lady. You make that declaration in your heart today. I promise you, you will never regret doing that long term. There may be some short term when people make fun of you, but you live for God. But we are sexual, but a man of honor and also faithful. We are prosperous, but with compassion and generosity to others. Abraham made money, and he did well. I mean, he had lots of cattle, lots of, lots of things. He did well. He didn't inherit that. He worked hard and he made money and I just say to you as the man being a follower of Jesus and being prosperous with the work of your hands are not inconsistent values be prosperous make money take care of your family enjoy the fruit and the lifestyle of your hands let's be prosperous let's also have compassion and generosity to others remember others along the way Remember the poor, single moms. Many of you remember where you came from. God's blessed you. You're living different financially than how you were, than how you were raised. So it's okay as a man to be prosperous, but also when, when we have a dollar or two, we are compassionate and we are generous to others as well. Ambitious, but self-controlled. We have dreams to create, to elevate to improve, to build, to make things to make things better. There's this part of a man's heart that just has <coughs> that has ambition. He wants to do something with his life vocationally. That's just part of the way that God made us. But I want to say that ambition does not dictate every part of our life. You can have that, that ambition. It's the way that God, that God made us, but also there are boundaries to that when our ambitions begin to you know, affect our relationships and finances. I, I, I'm going to tell you a story that I saw lived out several years ago in the NFL. I'm not going to uh, just, you know, I don't want to say the name. I wouldn't want to embarrass anyone, but it was an it was an NFL coach who got his lifetime opportunity to coach an NFL team. He had always wanted to coach this team, always been an ambition, dream of his heart. And one day he had done well, everything, everything aligned, and he got the job. And the first thing that he did was divorce his wife because he didn't want anything encumbering. This opportunity, this, this, this dream that he had, and I just go, that's, that's inconsistent. You know, like ambition is important. 
dreams create op vocational opportunities. Those things are important as well. But there's also, we have ambition, but with self-control. We realize there are relationships, you know, like when we're climbing the corporate ladder or doing well on the job, you know, but, but we're losing our family and we're losing faith and our ambition has gone out of line. So there's nothing wrong with being ambitious and having a dream and wanting to accomplish that, but just acknowledging that there are boundaries along the way. So that's the tension of some of the natural attributes that we have but they shouldn't be a threat when they are, you know, to a, to a godly man when they are cloaked in Scripture. I want to look at some of the godly, some of the roles, the biblical roles that, that we have today as men. Husband, if you're married, and I want to say, you know, like, the marriage rate overall in America is dropping, okay? Like, less than half people are married now, so, like, marriage is not a big thing anymore. And I want to say, but you see the fruit of that decision, you know, that is, that is, that is occurring socially, you know, in our, uh, in our lives. Part of that, part of that, when they look in that statistic, is when it comes to men, they're afraid to make the marriage commitment. They're afraid to make the marriage vow, okay? They're afraid to, you know, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, to love and to cherish, uh, uh, till death do us part. They're, they're afraid. They're afraid to make that kind of vow. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you, we are men that honor our commitments and our vows. And I, so, so marriage, especially among young men, it's, it's kind, of going, kind of going out of style. Young men don't want to make that kind of commitment. But I want to tell you something to young men. There, I, I get that that is a heavy statement and a heavy commitment. But there's a wonderful fruit on the other side of that when you make that commitment and you, and you live it out. So we're, we're husbands. We're in love with our wives. We're not flirty. We don't run in places that we shouldn't go or run with people who would cause distrust with our wives. They never should have to wonder where we are at because we're faithful. We believe in fidelity and integrity to our marriage vows. We treat our wives with kindness, gentleness, respect, and compassion. When we speak to them, even when we're upset, we do it with a sense of love and grace. We are careful that our tone is not harsh, aggressive, or profane because we love our wives. And we should tell them that we love them. And we should show them that we love them. Verbal, nonverbal, words, and even deep, uh, deep with great passion. We as husbands, we serve and we bless and we take good care because being a husband is not about what I get per se it's about what I can give as well we serve we bless we take good care I want to say God's perfect number is seven so to the wives we should get seven stupid things that we do per year just want to okay it's God's perfect number, all right? I, I, 
when I was pastoring in Kentucky, it was Sunday night. Kayla was a, in a car seat, and uh, Becky had gone home. I had locked up the church, drove home, sitting in the living room, just kind of debriefing uh, over the day, and she said, where's Kayla? I had locked her in my office and left her at the church. I just want you to know God can eventually heal and restore. (laughs) Now it's going to take you seven nights on the couch to get back in the bedroom, but, you know, we are not always as affectionate and demonstrative as we should be, all right? We don't always remember special days like we should. We're not really good at gifts, you know, buying gifts for your wife. That's an intimidating thing, isn't it? You know, but don't give her cash because that is unaccepted, all right? And I want to say, too, don't try to buy her clothes. You know, like if you try to measure your waist, you know, how they do men's jeans with ladies' jeans, you're going to have an issue, all right? You're going to have an issue. Um, we need to be able to say that we're sorry, and we do. You know, we don't always act like we should, but we say to our spouses, but our our, our life would not be the same without you. Our life would not be the same without you. We are husbands. We are providers inside or outside the office. To a man, we work hard. We take pride in a job well done. And the quality of our work is important to us. And it is connected with our character. We are a trustworthy worker. We are On time, we are honest, and we live with integrity on the job. If there's something that needs to be done, we will do it. Um, we, we, um, we, We want excellence over average, just... Just getting by, that does not mean anything to us. We want to do a job well. We overcome obstacles. We do the job that is given to us with diligence and excellence. We are self-starters. We have a great work ethic, and we are not afraid of hard work, and perspiration is not a stranger to us. And within that provider as well, it is an honor for us to give a portion of that back to the Lord that God has blessed because we're men. Another role, friend. Having friend, being a friend. Doesn't always come natural to us to be open. Most men are loners. They don't have a lot of friends that they are connected with. They have their man cave, but most of the time that that man cave, they, they, they are there by themselves. I think men need more friends. I mean, everybody wants people that can go to ball games and hunt and golf and go have outdoors or have a meal or, you know, th- those kind of things are, are important to a man. But I want to say, too, that there are times that you need deep friendships, you know, and and and. Uh, vulnerability and transparency with with your male friends is important, and it's not a weakness either. It's just part of it's part of being a man that we need. You know, we need to support 
support in tough times. We need accountability in all times. We need people that will laugh, listen, and invest in us. And most men don't have that. Some, maybe some of you do, but most men live kind of introspective and it's kind of a loner. The father, father. I, I gave you some statistics earlier about young men not in the workforce and young men not doing well in school and a lot of that deals with absent fathers because they don't have dads at home to kind of teach and coach and, and, and motivate and, and, and give accountability when it, you know, when it comes to grades. A study said boys raised in fatherless homes, are in, the odds are increased that they will use drugs, commit crime, perform poorly in school, live in poverty. Um, and, and as I mentioned, we saw that earlier in the Census Bureau statistics on families, 18.4 million children now live without a father in a home. That's one out of every four children. Um, um, most of the, a lot of these boys live with single mothers. Some live with their, uh, some live with their grandparent. I want to, I want to say, I want to say, like, it's the highest responsibility that we have. We got many, but to be a, to be a dad, okay? To be a dad is a high responsibility. You know, what, what we teach with our mouth is important, but what we model before them is essential because eyes are on us. So men, to our sons, we are, we are preparing them for manhood in every way. To work to be hard workers, to be providers for the family. We are being a role model in how we worship and we, we live godly life, but also how we uh, respect and treat women. Our, 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 our sons are watching how we do that. As a father to our daughters, we are modeling tenderness, love, and kindness. We show the young ladies and uh, and young lady or ladies in our home the type of man that they need to be looking for. We are responsible for the spiritual development. That is our responsibility. All right. So your kids not only not only need to have your they not only need to have your wisdom as they navigate life, school, job, and marriage, but they need to know as well that you are praying for them, that you are there for them, and that you are not just there as a life coach, but you are, you are, you are their father as well. I want to say to single dads, all right, what a, what a tough spot sometimes that you find yourself in, but I want to, I want to say your child support, your faithful child support is one of the most important things that you do. You may be upset with someone else or what, what went on, but denying those kids money, you know, I, I just say that's a very important thing that you need to do. And also, I want to say to single dads as well, you be as present as you can, all right? Just because you mail in a check, you know, that does not mean we clock out as a dad. We, we, we give our child support, but we are there as much as we can be in their life because you do you do have a role. Last, last role here is a follower of Jesus, a follower of Jesus. Psalms 101, it says, I will sing of your love and your just, 
I will sing of your love and justice to you, O Lord. I will sing praise. At the very beginning of that declaration that I read to you came, came a, a heart of a worshiper. So worship team, you can, you can come. So the follower of Jesus, he loves God. He makes his best effort to live by God's word. He has godly character. He's not perfect, and he admits that. He's the priest of the household. That responsibility is given by the Lord. Church attendance and faith integration in the home rest upon his shoulder. He's leading the charge to be the best role model he can for his family. He's a person of prayer. He talks to God, and God talks to him. He's no stranger to prayer. He wants to be used of God in a great way in the world and the church. Now, let me just say, sometimes we let ladies take the lead, and there's nothing wrong with having a strong, godly woman in our household. But I want to tell you that the priest of the household rests with the men. Okay, that's our, that's, our, that's our responsibility. Now, I want to say this to you. You know, like, like following Jesus, sometimes people are a little nervous about that. You know, sometimes it's the opposite of manhood, okay? Sometimes it's a little different. When I, I pastored in Kentucky, I was right outside of Fort Knox, and I had soldiers. You know, probably 25% of my church was active duty military. And I had all kinds of guys. I had a guy, he was a hardened Iraqi war veteran, okay? He came to church, gave his heart to the Lord. One Sunday, he brought his friend, his staff sergeant, just a real crusty guy. And I met him before church. And, and that morning, I preached on lordship. I preached on surrendering your life to Christ, that kind of thing. And after church was over with, the guy, his name was Mark. He said, can I see you in your office for a moment? And I said, yeah, you can. So we sat down in my office. He pulled the chair up, took his finger, and he said, let me tell you something, preacher. I don't bow down to any man. He said, I don't even like to say sir to my superiors. I said, okay, well, may God be with you today. And, uh, you know, because, like, to him, it was some kind of softness, you know, to, as a man. He saw that as the opposite of what he was. So, but he kept coming to church. He kept coming to church. And about three weeks later, he's there on Sunday morning, you know, and I gave the invitation. I gave the opportunity for him to, you know, any, anyone that wanted to come to Christ. And I saw him. He opened his eye. I said, lift your hands. He just waved his finger at me. He just, just kind of shooting his finger up. Just making sure I saw it. About three weeks later, I had the opportunity to baptize him. You know? Because I don't think being a follower of Jesus makes me any less of a man. I think it brings a fullness to our manhood when we serve and we follow Jesus. Okay? He saw it as some kind of threat. You know, it's not your pathway to womanhood, okay? It was the fullness, the fullness of the Lord. And I want to say to every man, there are all kinds of roles. 
all kinds of, I talked about some of the challenges of nature and some of the attributes, talked about some of our roles. Hey, but I want to tell you the greatest one is to be a follower of Jesus, it's to be a follower of Jesus, to lead our homes, to do our best. You may go, I'm imperfect. I've failed. Welcome to the club. Okay. I haven't done right. Haven't lived right. Just haven't been the best example. That's okay. That's okay. That's in the past. We can start today. You may have lots of regrets in your life, things that you wish that you had done different. That's the great thing about the power of the cross, that it doesn't matter what you've done in your life, what has happened in the past. There is forgiveness. There is a second chance. And we can start new and fresh today through the power of the cross. I want you to stand, if you would, across the building. Thank you, Lord. I want to I want to take a moment and I just want to pray over our men young men if you're in this sanctuary I just want to have a moment and if you'd do me a favor if you'd do me a favor if you'd just maybe step out where you're at just come down to the front we just want to have a moment of prayer with guys worship with guys and I just want to pray over you I'm not going to ask you to do anything I promise that you just come across the building just come across the building just find a, find a place I'm just going to pray over you I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you this morning. Everyone that would, you don't have to. You don't have to. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come up to the front. Come a little closer to the front. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. This is just a moment we're just going to spend with the Lord this morning. Just going to talk to the Lord for a few moments this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Brent's going to lead this song. And just for our men, this is just a declaration of, of commitment to the Lord. And then I want to just pray over you. Brent, would you just lead that, lead that song for us? Came when blue, my house was built on you. Safe with you, and I'm gonna make it through. Rain came when blue, my house was built on you, and I'm safe with you, and I'm gonna make it through. I'm gonna through cause my house is built on you I'm gonna make it through cause my house is built on you Christ is my firm foundation come on sing it out the rock on which I stand everything around me is shaking I've never been more glad I put my life in Jesus Cause he's never let me down He's faithful through every season So why would he fail now? He won't Oh, we trust you, God, he won't 
tonight I just or this morning what do you need to say to the Lord just kind of as you're here today is maybe God spoken to your heart what what is what is it that you need to say man is there a, any kind of prayers a kind of repentance or forgiveness or you need God to do something in your life I just want you to talk to the Lord maybe you've been away from God maybe there's some junk in your life and you just need to ask God's forgiveness praying over your family, your home. What is it that you need to say to the Lord? Maybe you've been away. Maybe you've been far away. Maybe there's all kinds of things that have happened in your life. And it's hard for you to look to the Lord because you see shame and brokenness and regret. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would hear the prayers of these men today. God, I pray, I pray over them. Lord, some are coming back to you. Lord, some are prodigals and they're away from home. God, I ask you to minister to them, Lord. I pray, I pray over them, Lord. Our first role is just to be a follower of Jesus, to serve you and love you and live for you. I pray that grace of God, that forgiving grace, Lord, that you're speaking to men you're coming into hearts you're changing lives today lord i pray over that today i pray over that i pray over every husband that's represented here today lord i pray that we'd be faithful lord lord that we would love our wives lord we you would speak to us god just did this role and the woman that you've entrusted us trusted to us lord i pray i pray over every husband today i pray over every marriage lord some need healing and reconciliation lord they need a a a restoration that's come to that marriage relationship lord i pray over that today i pray god that you'd speak to that man give the right word oh god we pray i pray lord i pray to dads that are out here today god i pray 
I pray over these children that we have. Lord, let us be good role models and godly role models. Lord, I pray, Lord, where relationships may be strained, God, that you could bring healing. God, I pray over our homes and I pray over our families today, Lord. I pray over the work of our hands. God, bless our vocation, Lord, I pray. pray bless our business, Lord, in every part of our life, Lord, that we can, we can serve you, Lord. I pray. I pray over that today, God. I pray. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray over young men, unmarried. God, I pray over them today, Lord, so much. Uh, so much pull, so much social pressure upon them today. God, I pray like from 16 to 25 or Lord, I pray. God, your, your, their, their plan is in your hand. And God, I pray that they would just walk in the, the, the destiny and the plan that you have. You haven't forgotten them. You've got the right person at the right time. God, I pray over single young men today. Lord, I pray. They don't need drugs, Lord. They don't need other things, Lord. They need to dive into you first, Lord, I pray. I pray over our single young men today. God, you're going to bless their lives. They're gonna, you're going to do something powerful, Lord. I give you thanks. I give you thanks. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.